little nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hello, junior ambassadors, nerds and nerdettes of all ages. And welcome to the third anniversary of the Nerd Nations podcast. I am your host, Jared Boots, your ambassador to the Midwest United States. And with me, as always, is my co-host, my nerdy partner in crime, which I've been doing this for three years of all this nerdy bullshit. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the Canadian queen of pipe bombs, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> it's still quite mind-blowing that uh we've been doing this for three years now one drunk text off budweiser and fireball and here we are three years later <laughs> <laughs> yep but uh i think we needed something big for this anniversary I think we need an epic crossover. So I think all the great like superheroes have great crossovers. Absolutely. So I think a mediocre, uh, a small little podcast like our own needs the crossover with an epic podcast. And I could think of no podcast better than the eternal night. So, uh, where our listeners at home, please join me in welcoming back to our show. Uh, I'd say if our podcast was the Justice League, if I was Superman and Melissa was Wonder Woman, this would be our Batman. Please welcome back Mr. Philip Barker. Philip, welcome back. Well, that's far too generous to consider me Batman of podcasting because there are a ton of Batman podcasts that I've heard throughout the years, but it, it is is actually very welcoming to be considered um, an, an, an excellent one because, uh, you know, our show, we just started it. Maybe a year and a half ago. I don't. I don't know. That that sounds a little bit accurate. I think. But yeah, you know, it, it, it's an honor to be considered your guys as Batman for your Justice League. So thank you for having me and my co-host Craig here tonight. It's, it's going to be wonderful celebrating three years with you guys. We're glad to have you. We couldn't think of anything better to bring in three years. Um, and since you name dropped them, how about uh, I'm going to say, forgive the pun. I'm going to make him our flash because I think we all became fast friends once we started doing this little podcasting thing together. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show for the first time, uh, Craig Blaylock. Craig, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate appreciate that. I'm honored to be uh, named the flash of this, uh, this little group we got going here. Great. We got to start building it up more, but I think we've got a good foundation already. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So uh, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and about your guys' show, The Eternal Night? Well, I've been on your guys' show before, so Craig, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Why don't you tell everyone about yourself before I chime in with my nonsense? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I've been a friend of Phil's for quite some time now, and um, I've been living out. I met him out in California when we were coworkers at uh, the Stop of Games, GameStop. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we just stayed in touch ever since, and we're both uh, big DC fans, you know, comic book fans in general. And um, we've always been talking. I mean, what, Phil, probably three, four years we've been talking about doing a podcast. Oh, dude, I think it's been longer than that. I want to say... 20 2016 <laughs> yeah 20 2016 2017 i think is when we we tried yeah i like, think you're right like i think we we <laughs> tried to do an episode about the dark knight right but something somehow somewhere the the audio got all messed up and we kind of kiboshed it and i yeah i i think the somehow the audio quality was of it was just not feasible on uh, something went wrong with the recording i honestly don't really remember what happened but i didn't know how to you know use an r utilize an rss feed i didn't know what i was doing i had absolutely zero clue and then i started a show with my older cousin that didn't last very long and then i started superhero stress and i still have that show alive and kicking but um then you know one day i think the around this time last year maybe a little bit maybe i think the first episode that we did was july of 2021 i think yeah Yeah. i think we're coming up on our one year actually yeah i think we are and um we recorded our first episode with a former co-host who helped superhero stress be what it was for a long time but um you know matter of fact eric carter he again former co-host but him and joe fornato Another former co-host of Superhero Stress. They now have their own show. Oh, God, what is it? The Fire Rises? There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, Eric helped us with that first episode, but ever since then, it's just been mostly uh, Craig and myself, along with our friend Terrence, who also used to work at GameStop, and we've just been kind of chumming along whenever we can, just doing Batman-related stuff, because that's ultimately what, at least for me anyway, I, that that was always a goal of mine was to do a Batman podcast. And when time came for me to really pursue that dream, there wasn't anyone else that I thought would fit the bill better than Craig, because Craig was the first person that I talked to about doing the show with. And when Craig was really receptive to it, we've just been kind of building it back and forth and trying to, you know, get the best sound quality possible build each other up, learn from mistakes. And I, I think we've gotten a bit of a groove now, you know, 25 episodes in one year later. So, you know, it's just been really fun. I mean, for me, podcasting has been fun, but it's also been very, um, I wouldn't say difficult, but it has been very eye-opening in regards to co-hosts in regards to certain circles of friends and fandom and things like that, because, you know, you never really get to know somebody until you podcast with them, at least, you know, from my experience, you, you really don't get a feel for someone unless you get to talk to them on a more regular basis. And then, you know, unfortunately, lines get drawn in the sand and, and things don't turn out the way you envisioned them. But sometimes they do and they do for the better. And I honestly think Craig has been one of the best co-hosts I've ever had in the amount of co-hosts I've ever had. I mean, if you go on the internet and look up my name, I'm sure there's a lot of shit you could probably find, but whether or not it's true, that's up to interpretation. So, but all, all that said, I, I wouldn't 
have it any other way. And I think Craig is again, like my one one of my favorite people to podcast with. I wouldn't do it with anybody else. Except except you guys, of course. <laughs> I appreciate good, that. Good safe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, you know, it's for me, you know, I'm delving into the podcast world. I've always I've had friends and family that have told me, oh, I'd love for you to do a podcast. I've had people tell me they want to know my opinions on video game stuff or movies or animated shows, so many different topics. And I mean, I've even had some people say, oh, you should do a podcast all about your dating life. I'm like, I don't need to do that. No, thanks. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, it's always been something I've wanted to do. And then when Phil came up with the idea of the Eternal Night, I was totally on board. It's been really interesting and really refreshing to kind of get this new perspective on something. You know, I've always listened to podcasts, but I've never been involved in an actual podcast before. It's a fun medium to get into. Um, I've, I've of course been gracious enough or grateful enough to be on both shows. Uh, Philip has graciously asked me to be on both shows and I've loved them both. I, I've, I'm behind on my listening. I'm way behind because life gets in the way. But like you guys, I was a big fan of podcasts, just listening to them. Uh, same with Melissa. Um, Melissa and I's friendship started over a two-day discussion of uh, Avengers Infinity War. Yep. Then like two years later, uh worked into a podcast. I drunk text her one night, hey, we should start a podcast. <laughs> Here we are. Well, I mean, if there's an Avengers movie to bond over, that's definitely the one. Very true. I don't remember it being all positive, but. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least you didn't bond over Age of Ultron, so. Oh, God. (laughs) You know, there there are worse movies to bond over. There there are infinitely worse movies to bond over, like Batman and Robin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I. Especially if alcohol is involved. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fun episode to listen to. (laughs) Shameless plug. Yeah, that that was, uh, you know, despite my despite my views on that movie. Yes, I I don't disagree. That was despite the fact there was alcohol involved. Yeah, that that was fun. Even if I sounded miserable about an hour in, it was it was still fun to watch that movie with my friends. It was (laughs) it's a fun (laughs) And I still think I think that was the breaking point in that episode. I think that's when when the wheels fell off and everything just started going nuts is when, you know, we're an hour in. And I think I remember specifically we had all we were all pretty drunk at that point. And I just remember Phil going, we still have an hour of this. (laughs) (laughs) And that was and that was when just we all three of us drunkenly realized, holy crap, we still have another hour of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at, at least none of you took a shot every time Arnold said a nice pun. So you're still with us today. No, I, was, I was really tempted to bring that up before we started recording that night. I was like, we should do a shot game whenever Arnold does nice pun. See, if that were to happen, then it, for me, it would have been the Deadpool drinking game all over, and I would have been tossed like 45 <laughs> minutes into an hour in it, and then I probably would have had to go and throw up, and I wouldn't remember the rest of the night. So, let's just not, okay? <laughs> I'm kind of glad we didn't. Well, listen, I think we need to do a drunken commentary on something. Oh, boy. <laughs> Back to the future. Ooh. 
I'll do the whole trilogy. Oh, <laughs> what, have, what have I done? Jurassic <laughs> World <laughs> by what I've been seeing. Maybe not, maybe not a full trilogy, but a movie. <laughs> well, it's not like we're going to do, like, have a drinking marathon and watch all eight Harry Potter films. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing Thanksgiving weekend? <laughs> I might want to do that now. All right, here's something. I'm, I'm going to come in hot right here. I've never seen any of the Harry Potter movies. Wait, oh, really? What? I've not seen a single Harry Potter movie. You're kidding. Oh, well, we want to thank Craig for coming <laughs> on our show. <laughs> I've seen a little bit of the first one. I think if I remember right, I went with some friends to see, I think, the third or fourth one in theaters, and I fell asleep like 40 minutes <laughs> in. That's about it for Harry Potter and me. I, I don't have a history with the Harry Potter films. My my history goes all the way to all the way back to last year, Craig. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen every single Harry Potter movie in theaters, except for except for The Secrets of Dumbledore. That was the only one I did not see. I believe that's the only one I've seen in theaters. I've seen all of them up to Secrets of Dumbledore in theater. So I'll go ahead and mic drop that one. <laughs> you, well, this has got me beat by one movie. There it is. <laughs> I don't know, Melissa, did we add Wizarding World stuff to our Nerd Ad Nation's bingo card? Yes. Basically, how long we can go until we mention Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, they did three episodes and three months now we gotta hear him talk about it again on a batman <laughs> podcast <laughs> at least we're not talking about the weather yeah this is true so what about that weather <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, wait two minutes we'll hear a cat meow or hear uh, melissa's mom walk above us that's two yeah. more squares you can check off <laughs> Probably get a bingo after that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're not here to talk. We're not here to shame Craig and uh, Harry Potter. We'll save that. We'll save, save that, that for another day. Save that for the comments. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All twelve of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in the St. Louis area here in a couple of weeks, Craig, so I can I can do it up close and personal. <laughs> oh, nice. When are you coming out to St. Louis? Uh, two weeks from today. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, we're not here to shame Craig on that or remind Philip of uh how he spent his uh was it New Year's Eve he did that? What uh, did your Batman Robin commentary? That was New Year's, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that was the New Year's yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not here to talk about that stuff. We're here to talk about Batman, the greatest comic book character ever. And uh, I tasked everybody with making their own epic Batman crossover. So you could pick any iteration of Batman you wanted and have him cross over with any intellectual intellectual property you wanted. And you had to come up with the villain that they'd be facing. 
But Melissa, you told me a funny story off mic about you were doing your research for this topic. You want to share it with Craig and Philip? <laughs> well, I when Jared had uh, come up with the idea of uh, doing a Batman crossover, and I drew a complete blank. Like I could not, you know, immediately think of like, um, you know, what to have Batman crossover into, and so. I basically <laughs> I I went on the Google and I I looked up like Batman crossovers like I'd probably think of something and oh it's already been done and so uh, there were so many uh, <laughs> so many Batman crossovers and really some kind of weird ones and just random ones and yeah it was like okay I probably should have looked up what Batman hasn't crossed over into. But <laughs> I was trying to get some ideas and things like that. And it, at the end of the day, it didn't really help. Um, <laughs> but I did end up obviously coming up with something kind of fun. So, yeah, that was my uh, my my homework into the into doing this. But, you know, honestly, yeah. that was my first thought when you brought up the idea of doing a Batman crossover. I thought to myself, I'm like. Holy crap, Batman's crossed over with so many things. Quite a few, yeah. I mean, I I remember growing up and walking by, like, in the comic book shop, and I'd look and be like, Batman versus aliens? What? What, mm-hmm. what is this? <laughs> uh, I, got, I think I have Batman versus Spawn somewhere in my collection. I mean, more recently, there's Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Of course, great one. Didn't they even do? Wasn't there a um, Batman like cross Elmer Fudd or something like that? I think there was. Yeah. Yeah. It's some kind of like noir murder mystery with Elmer Fudd involved. Yeah. Although I specifically remember uh, one of my favorite ones. Phil and I actually talked about this on our Eternal Night episode where we were talking about our favorite um, Batman outfits. And Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. there was a comic in the 90s and it took me a while because I just I always had the image in my head, but I could never remember where it came from. And there was actually a Batman versus Predator run and Batman dons this. Basically, it's a sleeker, more vicious version of his metallic suit that he wore that he fought with Superman in. And that image still sticks in my mind i remember seeing that costume and that was one of my favorite crossovers because he the predator whoops batman pretty good until he gets that uh that armored suit yeah that's another good one i need to look into that one it's It's honestly (laughs) yeah it's one of the most savage batman suits i'd ever seen it was the first time i had actually seen it too it was it was a surprise to me and once I Googled it, I think I even, like, I Googled it while we were recording and saw it on the show. And I, even then, I was just like, holy damn, this thing looks badass. Yeah, and then I remember on that episode, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try to buy this this uh, crossover. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm wait. I'll wait for a bit. <laughs> Rent first, Batman Predator second. Exactly. Stupid responsibilities. Yeah, I hate being an adult. Me too. 
right. Well, without further dudes, uh, Craig, you are brand new on the show. How about you go first? Grant, uh, grace us with your uh, Batman crossover. Sure. Okay. So when I was trying to figure mine out, you know, I'm I kind of did the same thing Melissa did. I looked up Batman crossovers and I'm like, well, crap. What am I going to come up with? And I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking back to like when I was a kid, the movies I was watching, you know, in my childhood, the movies that kind of stuck out to me, obviously Batman being involved in there. What would I have wanted to see back then that I would like to see now or in like a comic run or just something? So hear me out (laughs) because this is the one I came up with. It's very strange, but I can just I can picture it in my head. Batman, 1989, so we're talking Keaton Batman, cross killer clowns from outer space. Oh, man, that's incredible. Yes. (laughs) Let me go grab my wallet. I'll be right back. back (laughs) Because me growing up, that movie, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, was one of the first movies that I remember seeing as a little kid. I mean, I was probably like seven or eight when I saw that film for the first time. And I was enamored with everything in that movie. The puppetry of the clowns, the inventive ways they would kill people in that movie. And even though it was it was very dark and it was very kind of demented, it had this sense of fun to it. You take that and you put that with Burton's 89 Batman, which to me kind of reflects in there. You know, Burton's 89, yes, it was very dark. It was very gothic. It had its really intense moments. But it was also, there was a lot of goofy fun to it, too. You know, you've got Jack Nicholson's Joker playing Prince while he's going through and, like, defacing art and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where it kind of kicked in my head. As I'm thinking about what could I do, I rem- I'm reminded of towards the end of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You know, the heroes are getting surrounded by the clowns. They're going to die. And then the uh, the brother, ice cream brothers, come in with their ice cream truck. And the clowns become enamored with the big clown on top of their ice cream truck. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, what if Jack Nicholson's Joker didn't die in Batman 89? And these clowns find him and see him as kind of their leader or their god. Imagine if the Joker had a bunch of killer clowns from outer space at his disposal to send into Gotham. (laughs) And it's up to Batman to stop him. Wow. That's I'd pay money to see that. Yeah. 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 Holy, holy crap! So that was that was talk what I coming out. Of, <laughs> talk about coming out of the gate hot. Yeah, I'm just I'm imagining you know Keaton in the '89 Batmobile driving through Gotham, saving people from killer clowns that are shooting people with ray guns that wrap them in cotton candy cocoons. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Joker's like in a blimp being heralded by all his like giant balloons, right? Exactly. And he's telling them what to do. 
Oh, and man. towards yeah. the end, you've got, you know, you could even tie it into how killer, you know, killer clowns from outer space towards the end. They uh, they face off against Clownzilla, this giant clown oh, monster thing. Oh, my God. You're so. Um, so imagine the Joker has control of Clownzilla and sends him into Gotham to attack Batman. And maybe Batman has to, I don't know, fight him in the Batwing or something along those lines. That's incredible. <laughs> I wish I had my wallet because I threw all the money at that. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah just shut up. Take my money. <laughs> oh, and they've been trying for years and years. I mean, I've been keeping an eye on it. I just recently got a Killer Clowns from Outer Space t-shirt from Cavity Colors, a really great horror website that sells great horror merchandise. Um, I've been keeping my eye on Killer Clowns for a very long time and i know that they have been trying and trying and trying to do a sequel there was rumors they were going to do a tv series supposedly a sci-fi network series now i'm hearing it's possibly a netflix series and a movie i mean come on warner brothers write the check let's get the killer clowns mixed in with batman i should really like that idea like a lot mm-hmm. That that is an awesome idea. That is a very incredible idea. Like, wow! I that <laughs> that you know, when I was thinking of stuff, I I was kind of surface level with it. I had absolutely zero idea of even what to think of. But that man, that takes the cake. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to. I'm sitting there thinking. I'm like, we've seen so many crazy crossovers with batman i mean like i said elmer fudd aliens predator i mean teenage mutant ninja turtles and that's really when i started thinking like when phil and i watched the teenage mutant ninja turtles batman animated movie that's where my head went i'm like what kind of just absolute goofy nonsense could i put batman in but would still kind of work and I just immediately pictured that 89 Batman Gotham City with these 80s killer clowns walking around and killing the citizens of Gotham. It's almost a perfect marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you have tackle it, Tim Burton or the Kyoto Brothers? So I would feel, honestly, like you would have to have the Kyoto Brothers because... I mean, look at what they were able to do with an insanely small budget for that movie. Imagine them getting the kind of budget for a Batman movie. It would be really real cocoons and real candy, cotton candy. (laughs) I'd say do it now, but like Michael Keaton's in his 70s, Jack Nicholson's in his (laughs) 80s. It's it's just not going to know. (laughs) You definitely see it as like a comic crossover. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My my face hurts from smiling so much because just thinking <laughs> about it because I want it to happen. One, <laughs> it's like I, I'm thinking too. You know, yes, the '89 Batman. You only had Keaton as Batman, and you only had Nicholson as the Joker. But hell, why not throw a Robin in there? Throw a Batgirl in there? You know, throw a whole Bat family in there that has to take on this alien invasion that the Joker is in charge of. You got to throw Knox in, too. Yeah. You also have to turn an Alfred into a thing of cotton candy. 
<laughs> kill off Alfred. Oh. <laughs> oh. Kill him off. Just turn him into a cotton candy, and that's 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 the detective angle. Batman has to figure out how to turn him back from cotton candy. <laughs> so does Vicky Vale get trapped in the balloon then? See, probably. I mean, given the fact that you did notice that the only people that they put in the balloons in that movie were women, so you yeah. kind of wonder why they were doing that. Yeah. I'd, I'd be curious to see, because I think, Melissa, I think we talked, because we talked about in our first anniversary about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Then we talk about what if Tim Burton had his hands on Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Yeah, we did. I wonder what what the the clowns that spring up from the popcorn would look like in the eyes of Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, that's something. See, 80s or 90s Tim Burton, I'd be on board with. Modern day Tim Burton, I don't want him touching that. See, I don't know, I don't know, because that he they they Netflix just showed off like a little tiny teaser to Wednesday. It looks like Tim Burton from the 80s and 90s, and I'm totally fine with that. Hmm, I haven't watched it. I haven't seen that clip. There's been, I don't know what's going on. There have been so many announcements for shows and movies and all kinds of stuff. This I'd say in this last week that I'm like losing track of like everything that's been announced. Well, I think Netflix is having their geek week. So everything from them is just getting a full on info dump, if you will. So, Yeah. I'd be for the the Kyoto Brothers or Tim Burton, honestly, but I, I or maybe both, honestly, I don't know. That's maybe a, you maybe you have Tim Burton direct, but you have the Kyoto Brothers in charge of special effects, costumes, all that kind of stuff. Maybe writing the script, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all for that. That. Uh, the Kyoto Brothers and Tim Burton would be an epic crossover in itself, but to have Batman in the world of Killer Clowns from Outer Space would be even better. How do we top that? How how does anyone else here <laughs> top that? That's so good. I don't. I just don't know. Who about ready to put my idea and throw it in the trash? <laughs> Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have had me go first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think he's trying to make up for the Harry Potter thing, Melissa. I think. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I know he he came he came dressed to impress today. Like clearly, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm so see, and my juices are flowing now because now I'm picturing the movie starts. You've got. It kind of starts with the swelling of like the Bert, the Elfman Batman theme, but then diverts into the Killer Clowns from Outer Space theme song, and they kind of merge the two together. Oh like God. You, have, you have the orchestra of the Batman theme with the Killer Clowns from Outer Space theme song in there too. <laughs> That's nuts. I also want to see Officer Mooney interact with uh, Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> oh, Pat Hingle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pat Hingle and jo- James John Vernon. <laughs> Who? Also, Batman Animated Series tie-in. Mm, that's true, yeah. Well, didn't think about that. Wow. I think this whole episode just turned into a pitch me. 
<laughs> killer clowns in outer space meet up with Batman 89. Then we should get a, a petition going online. <laughs> I mean, they make a petition for everything else, so why not? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, if they, if they believed all the petitions they had online, we'd have Bruce Campbell as uh, Mara here pretty soon. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Which I would see, because I love Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I'm going to be on the other side of that argument. <laughs> just because, like, no. Just no. <laughs> Not that I don't like Bruce Campbell. It's just like there there are just some roles some people should take and <laughs> given everything surrounding Amber Heard, I'm just like, you know what? She's in the second movie. Just let it be. She's probably not going to come back for the third one. Just, just let it be. Yeah. Yeah. Still funny though, to see that pop up in your news line there on your timeline on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I think he even responded to it on Twitter. He's like, I'll do it. Yeah, send me a script. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what he said. That's right. Uh, that's great. Now, Melissa, what are your thoughts on uh, Craig coming out of the gate hot here? <laughs> I, th- I think it's an excellent idea. Um, I think that would definitely work really well. Like those two worlds would just mesh together really well. And you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be weird. You know, like you have like some pairings and crossovers that just like why? But that would work really well. And um that is yeah, absolutely genius. So yeah, I really like it. Yeah, and the so the the tone that the Kyoto Bros set up for that film fits in well fits in perfectly with Burton's Gotham too. So it, yeah, true. See, and that's what, that's why it popped in my head when I first started thinking, okay, what if I crossed over Batman of killer clowns, but I'm sitting there going, okay, you know, Affleck's universe wouldn't work. Bale's definitely wouldn't. I guess you could go a little schlocky if you wanted to throw Clooney or Kilmer in there. But I just think that because of the timelines that they were out at the time i just can't see any other better pairing than the burton film universe and the killer clown universe that is just amazing because the joker setup could hideout could be at the abandoned amusement park at the end of the film yeah mm-hmm. as long as somebody dies by melting pies because i still stand by it that is one of the greatest movie deaths of all time and one of my absolute favorite quotes from a movie of all time what are you going to do with those pies, boys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. I think I know what I'm watching tonight. When <laughs> yeah, I want to watch that now, too. <laughs> <laughs> we could still get uh, Nicholson and Keaton if we made this animated, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Very true. I'd be all for that, too. You get a little more if with animation, get a little more fantastical too. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. killer clowns animated that would be very interesting. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. Well, I mean, even the comic is probably a doable thing too, because I mean they have the Batman '89 comic out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you could have Harvey Dent, uh, Billy D. Williams, Harvey Dent get hit with one of the pies, and that's what burns half his face. (laughs) (laughs) The killer clowns are responsible for Two Face. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah, this episode just officially became a pitch meeting now. <laughs> Better yet, okay, so I said Joker's in charge of Clownzilla and sends him in. No, at the end of it, Joker becomes Clownzilla. It's a Jack Nicholson Joker Clownzilla hybrid. <laughs> much like, much like at the end of Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I was just thinking of. He takes some kind of mutagen or something like that that transforms him. Almost, I think we need to turn off the mics and turn the lights off, lock the doors. <laughs> this yeah. podcast is never getting better than this. I yep. swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still haven't heard yours. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm, I'm getting stage fright now. <laughs> oh, man. This is this is what happens when you're a single dad in your 30s and you don't go out anymore. <laughs> you just come up with these crazy ideas. That'd be great. Now, I really hope an executive at Warner Brothers is one of our 12 listeners. <laughs> get the Kyoto Brothers on the phone. Bring back Tim Burton. <laughs> Again. But no nipples, apparently. No nipples. <laughs> hey, Tim, we didn't mean what we said about uh, about Batman Returns. It wasn't that scary. <laughs> then he's like, you put nipples on the bat suit. Go after yourself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you want Nicholas Cage or Kim as Superman at the end? It's all you, man. Come on in. <laughs> God, what I would pay to see this day and age is Nicholas Cage as Superman. Oh my God! He has to be the can. He has to be the after credit scene at the end of the movie. <laughs> no, I mean apparently, if you believe all the rumors, he might be in the Flash movie as oh, Superman. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I know a certain thing about the Flash film that I am not at liberty to say, but I'll just leave it at that. I can see it. So the post credit scene of Batman versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You got the destroyed rubble after the battle with Clownzilla. You see a, a shadow fly in, and it's, you know, certain cape blue outfit. But then you hear, <laughs> you hear Nicolas Cage just, Oh, you don't believe a man can fly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh, we're having Craig on every, every week now. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to. I don't even want to. Because I think I. I think one of the times we had Philip on, we did. I did uh, Christopher Walken as uh, Brainiac to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's a good one. That'd be great too. <laughs> oh. I mean, this is this this is a great episode already. We're only a quarter, <laughs> quarter of the way through it. <laughs> oh man, Batman '89 meets Killer Clowns from Outer Space. All right, well, oh. get in touch. Hit me up. I'll I'll help you with the scripting. 
<laughs> I'll be a grip on that set. <laughs> I'll be an extra. I'll be Clownzilla. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. I'll, I'll get hit. I'll get hit by a pie. Put me in a cocoon. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh man. Well, the next question is Philip. How do you top that? <laughs> oh, I'm going next. Man. <laughs> on the spot like that that's not fair i don't know if i can i mean you know when i was thinking of mine i was kind of having similar similar thoughts like craig i was like how where do i even begin because melissa we all did a bunch of research right and i i I don't i didn't message anyone because i was just trying to keep it as as low profile and very surprised because i i wasn't sure at first i thought well what if it was like Batman or Sherlock Holmes? Like somehow Batman winds up in like, you know, the what time frame? It's like 1600s, I think, is when Sherlock Holmes is operating. Yeah. Somewhere you in know, that time. I, I did think of that, Philip. I thought of that, too. Like, because that would just be fun, like a fun straight up detective story where, where Sherlock Holmes and Batman are figuring out who Jack the Ripper is. That That was kind of my first thought. But I was like, no, that's. That's almost too easy, and 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 I would even pay homage to the meme where Sherlock Holmes just sizes up Batman and goes Bruce Wayne. <laughs> he just knows instantly, right? But I I kind of poured through all these different crossovers, and then it then it, then I latched onto one in particular, and I was like, have they ever crossed over before? And then I went and Googled it, and no, they have not. So mine isn't necessarily like a meeting of the two characters, but it's more so. A blending of the concepts and mine I kind of just settled on a story I don't know necessarily what medium it would take place in but it kind of pulls from elements of you know films and comics it's um the the story is titled Batman Crow oh okay Ooh. I like where this is going so it's kind of a reimagining of the death of the family with Jason Todd but it's very much got a lot of elements from the crow with it okay right so jason todd of course is brutally murdered by the joker but the twist is instead of it just being him being robin he's out on a date with a girl he really likes he's thinking about telling her you know i'm i'm robin like i'm batman i'm batman's right hand da, 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 da. but they are unfortunately met by the joker and his rowdy gang of misfits known as yim yim freebird quartz and wank wank <laughs> and <laughs> They 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 are treated to in a, in a similar fashion in how Eric Draven and his girlfriend are met in the beginning stories of the Crow right so after hours of operation Jason Todd is pronounced dead in the hospital and he is buried in the family cemetery near Wayne Manor this has a very graphic effect on Batman there's no going to the Middle East there's no hopping across a different country it's a straight up in Gotham story and the Joker is just as diabolical as you can imagine him. But now he's just got like a, a crew of little cronies who aren't necessarily clowns, but they're just sadistic evil people. Right. But about a year later, every single person who is involved in this brutalization of Jason Todd and his girlfriend, they are being picked off one by one. And rumors are swirling of a young man with white face paint, clownish makeup, sporting a red vest with all black attire and a trench coat. And Batman's like, well, that's odd. That's very odd. 
very specific people dying under very specific circumstances. And so while investigating the former, while investigating the murders, every time he goes back to the cave to try and piece things together, his, he, he has, he's haunted by his former partner because the, the, the relationship is still very much that of what it was like in continuity with Batman and Jason, with Bruce and Jason. It was very tumultuous. It was, it was very a far cry from how him and Dick were. <laughs> He there were you know he re, he reminisces well it isn't really reminisce but he has like you know kind of a, a PTSD effect he he's remembering every shouting match he's remembering every single fight and then he looks up and notices that a crow is perched up with a few of the bats in the cave and he's just like what the hell kind of dumbfounded by it so after this. He goes to and this is kind of where some little creative liberty goes in because this is kind of a Tim Drake thing. But Batman goes to like a, a Robin's nest, which is like kind of a miniature cave for Robin when he's not at the Batcave or with Batman. But this is set up for Jason and he goes and he sees the same crow and he's just like, all right, something's got to be happening here for this to be coming together. So then it kind of cuts to him perching on a gargoyle, leaping into the city he crosses over the street in which Jason Jason's death happens. Right. But then he sees a fire and it's in the shape of a crow. And he's just like, shit, son of a bitch. So then he returns to the nest one last time for a session of grief. And then he's met by this crow figure. And it is, in fact, Jason. And he tells Bruce that it wasn't his fault. But he also has no way of stopping what's going to come. The finality of this results in the Joker beating getting beaten to death by the same crowbar that was used on Jason. And as, you know, as Batman arrives, the crow figure pulls the trigger and executes the Joker straight up. And so in this instance, Batman takes his cowl off and they have one last conversation about pain, loss, and the best course of action of dealing with, with your own private demons. And this pushes Bruce to understand that some things are just out of his control while Jason's soul gets put to rest for good. And as Batman surveys Gotham one last time, a crow perches itself next to him, and he understands the significance of death and acceptance and moves on the city through the night. Yeah, damn. That was a good one. That's good. It's really good. That That is interesting. I never, ever thought of doing that kind of a crossover. And you would think that would have been one they would have done by now. Right. That's exactly my thought process on it, too. There are two perfectly dark decrepit characters and it's like they've never crossed over and i do like that taking the kind of spin on the death in the family kind of storyline but integrating it with the crow lore yeah because I, I i thought about trying to integrate you know a version of eric draven or creating a whole new crow but then i thought about batman's mythology and i was like well wait a minute there's a perfect candidate here to adopt a crow mantle and that was jason todd because you know famously he was killed by the joker in death of the family he gets resurrected as the red hood and i was like well what if he was resurrected as something else yeah what if it wasn't ra's al ghul in the lazarus pit that brought him back bingo i like it and also joseph justifies his uh I don't want to call it like a lust for revenge or killing, but at least it, it get, it's more of a vengeance. He's more killing for vengeance than anything, much like Eric Draven does. 
Right. Like you guys said, I I I didn't think until now how well those cross over. Like, like two pieces of the same puzzle. I'm even thinking like if even the uh, aspect of the Crow film, like you could have Tim Drake be your Sarah character, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that that Detroit they set up in the film definitely is like a perfect uh, Gotham landscape too. So let me ask you. So let's say they do this, and it's let's say it's a film. Which Batman do you have deal with this storyline? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Uh, just let's say this comes this story comes to like a film version. Who do you see as the Batman that would be dealing with this crow storyline? Because I'm almost leaning just because of the setting. And just the mood and the themes of it, I could definitely see Pattinson's Batman. Um. If I'm feeling like if it was set in the 90s, I would almost say Val Kilmer. Uh, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> from like a now perspective, I would almost lean towards John Hamm. Oh, OK. And then Jason Todd. Um, this one's kind of tough. I think the kid who plays Jacob in Euphoria was actually a pretty solid choice for that role. Uh, what actor is that? I've never seen Euphoria. Oh, let's see. American TV series. And he is played by... Oh, God damn it. Who is it? Da, 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 da. Uh, so the character's name is Jacob? No, the character's name is Nate Jacobs, and he's Nate. played by an actor named Jacob Elordi. I'm looking right now. Okay, I can kind of I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in Euphoria, he plays a very troubled, angry young kid who deals with a lot of personal family issues, especially regarding his own father. And I just after seeing yeah, him in Euphoria and the way he acts in that show is just very reminiscent of Jason Todd. Say, that sounds like Jason Todd to me. Yeah. I could almost see Affleck's Batman fitting in that too because we have a when we first meet him in bvs he's a very broken down vengeful batman and it's got that little bit of fantastical world in it if all these metahumans can exist in it too as well so i could see uh i could see affleck's batman fitting to that the way snyder set up a very dark and moody gotham yeah yeah, the only thing is, uh, Jacob Elordi's like six foot five, and John Hamm and Ben Affleck are, you know, six <laughs> one and six four respectively. So Jason Todd would actually be taller than Batman at this point. So I don't know if, if you'd buy it, but hell, I'd like it. Uh, you gotta, you gotta break out Tom Hardy's lifts. <laughs> yeah. Because if I'm mistaken, then Tom Hardy had to wear lifts and his boots to be taller than Christian Bale. I think so. Because notoriously, uh, Tom Hardy is like five eight five nine, and Christian Bale is like six, like six foot even, I think. Hopefully, they still have him in the costume closet. Yeah, yeah, Christian Bale's six foot even. That's right. That's uh, 
Another great choice, Philip. I like it. Thank you. I try. I mean, I'm going to miss Joker getting diplomatic immunity from (laughs) (laughs) Iran. Iran. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read that book in a while, but yeah. We're getting shown up by our guests here. (laughs) We certainly are. They've come up with some really brilliant ideas. And um, yeah, Philip, I really love yours. I think that's that would be something really neat to see. I'm just I'm picturing Jason Todd as the crow shooting Joker, and that's just that's an image that's sticking in my head right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's dark, but I'd make it happen if I could. I could also see him torching with a crowbar first before he shoots him too. If or however he decides to like how Joker does take out Jason Todd, I could see him torching him. It's very him it, it'd be very much in the same kind of light as under the Red Hood. He ties him up to a chair and just proceeds to just beat the absolute shit out of him with a crowbar until there's almost nothing left, and then. As the Joker's kind of cackling his last laugh, he just says, you know what, to hell with it. Go to hell. I love it. I love it. It's a tall order you guys have to live up to. You know, (laughs) outer space, the crow. Yeah, I'm I'm curious now. Oh, God, I don't. I have even more stage fright now. Melissa, do you have any thoughts on Phillips? Um, just that, yeah, I I really like that. I think it's an interesting uh, crossover that could definitely, you know, again work very well. Um, and you know, I I I need it to be a thing because I I want it <laughs> to be a thing. <laughs> this episode alone, I think, would could get. DC thousands of sales on comic books with our <laughs> ideas. Absolutely. <laughs> with our listenership, DC will make you hundreds of dollars, tens of dollars on these ideas. <laughs> it sounds like David Goldblatt is pretty pretty open to new ideas. I mean, he's tossing out all the old guards, so yeah, they're probably open to new ideas. We'll see. This would be like this is two, two great crossovers right off the bat, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh god. <laughs> that was good. Unintended and good. Yep. <laughs> she does she does that. <laughs> she plays the pun game more than she leads on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, Melissa. Who's gonna go first, me or you? <laughs> I, I feel like Joe Pesci walking in to get whacked in Goodfellas now. I'm walking <laughs> in. I'm walking in and realizing it's game over. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll like a bandaid on a hairy arm. You just tear it off. <laughs> so I'll I'll share mine. Um, <laughs> mine is probably the most ridiculous out of everybody's. 
Um, and I don't know if um, I know Jared is familiar with it, uh, but I don't know about you, Philip or, or Craig. Um, but I basically I put uh, Batman and I hate Fairyland together. Ooh. <laughs> what? I hate what? I hate Fairyland. It's a comic book series by Scotty Young. Okay. And you've got this character, Gertrude, who she she's a grown woman, and then she ends up in Fairyland as a kid. And she's just this insane character who, you know, goes on these adventures. She hates being there. She's trying to get out of it. And it's basically throughout this whole series, whatever. And uh, she's essentially, she's my spirit animal. Because um, it's basically like, couple pages in and she blows up a moon and (laughs) yeah she uh it's a it's a really fun series and um yeah so anyway uh in the i'm kind of playing off i think it's the uh from what i remember it's the last story uh or last comic in the uh series and where the this council um sends her her out like sends her home and um so basically the council doesn't actually send her home they send her to gotham city and Mm. she realizes that she's not home and she has a complete temper tantrum because that's just kind of what she would do if something doesn't go right or whatever she would just be like and of course this gets noticed by batman i don't really have an iteration in mind but it would just be like batman would notice this and another character that accidentally comes through is basically the main antagonist of the series dark claudia and so basically gertrude somehow uh befriends batman and they figure out when gertrude finds out that dark claudia is there um figure out a way to defeat her so yeah it's it's kind of a gertrude ends up in gotham city and shenanigans ensue and batman's involved in it <laughs> i i could see this mixed over well with uh batman brave and the bold with that animation style <laughs> have you guys read i hate fairyland i have not this is actually the first time i've ever heard of it i've never oh, read. It... i'm looking up images of it right now it's insane, man. <laughs> but it, it, it's so damn good. It's from uh, Image, I believe. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, I'm looking at these images. Oh boy. It gets <laughs> it, it gets violent and stuff, and there's no swearing in it. But they use words like muffin fluffer and all this stuff, <laughs> and it makes it sound so much dirtier and funnier at the same time. But it it, it gets graphic, man. <laughs> oh, does it ever? But it is it is such a fun um, <clears throat> such a fun series. I I highly recommend giving it a read because it's just it gets bonkers. Like from basically the like I had said earlier, like a few pages in and she's already like taking up the moon. So yeah, it <laughs> it just gets even more bonkers from there. And uh, so I don't know. I just thought. Why not? Like, you know, because there are so many, you know, when I was doing my, my homework for this, that, you know, there are so many kind of odd, weird crossovers and things. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have fun with this and 
I'm like, what about Batman and Gertrude <laughs> somehow existing in the same place and, you know, going through some kind of bonkers adventure? <laughs> so I'm guessing, looking at these images, I'm guessing Gertrude is the character with the green hair? Yep. Yes. Okay. She's like she's like Harley Quinn on steroids. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, you think like you know you think Harley Quinn she's kind of nuts whatever. Well, turn up Gertrude to an eleven. <laughs> well, I'm like I'm yeah. looking at these images and I'm just imagining. So Phil, I'm imagining it's baby doll with the personality of Harley Quinn. Oh it, Lord. A, she's she's a 37 year old trapped in an eight year old's body. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she uh so she when she's a little eight year old girl, she wishes to go to Fairyland and she gets sucked into Fairyland and she cannot leave Fairyland until she finds the key to get out. So she's been stuck she continues to age, but her body doesn't age. So she's been there for thirty seven years trying to find the key. So, so yeah, she's literally baby doll. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah. yeah. Now that I'm looking at images of this, I've seen this when I used to work at a comic book store. Yeah, this this kind of rings a bell now. Interesting. It is a fun read. I highly recommend it. If you want like a good non like superhero uh, story to read, it, it's fun. It's only what most of what four trades. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I just I, I found the panel where she blows up the moon and the moon's <laughs> eyes and brains are going everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I'm looking at it, too. <laughs> wow. I think okay. that. Usually I tell people about this comic, that's the first image I send. <laughs> that's certainly the one to kick things off. Well, it, it's a definitely an attention grabber. But I could definitely see this in the animation style of Batman Brave and the Bull, because I'd love to hear Diedrich Bader's Batman put up with this kind of shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a foot you just pulled out of a bag to put in a glass slipper? <laughs> oh man wow we're going to be limping out of this episode with my idea here <laughs> oh come on <laughs> so Melissa do you go animated with it do you do it a comic style oh definitely animated I think it definitely um, I mean, it could be a, a, a comic, but I think it, like an animated show, I think, would be, or movie even, um, I think would be fun. Well, it has to end with Gertrude and Arkham Asylum, doesn't it? Oh, it, it, it has to. Yes. <laughs> and her or, cellmate is Harley Quinn. There you go. <laughs> which, sets, which sets up the sequel. Yes. <laughs> I hate Arkham Land. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow. You know, and Scotty Young doesn't live too far from me, so I could start bugging him on Twitter and stuff. Like, hey, reach out to DC, bro. Come on. <laughs> hey, hey, Gertrude, like most said, Gertrude is essentially like Harley ramped up to an 11. She. Will kill everybody. Even when she tries, there's a there's one book where she tries to be a good girl the whole time, and she <laughs> still like lays waste to Fairyland. It's insane. <laughs> uh, I think you guys need to check this book out. I, I we'll have you back on for that because 
it's an insane story to te- to to read, but it, it's so fun. I'll have to take your word for it. So Melissa, uh, I forgot who did you have when we did our I Hate Fairyland episode and cast it as a cartoon. Who did you have to play Gertrude? I can't remember. Um. Oh, I can't remember who I picked. Um, oh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on that one. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> so, so does only Claudia come through? Dark Claudia? Do you have uh, Larry come through? Do you have uh, Do you have a uh, Duncan in his dragon costume come through. Yeah, they need to come through too. I only, I basically, because like how you had, um, it was like, oh, what villain are they, you know, fighting? So, um, yeah, we could definitely have them. They would have to come through, like, you know. <clears throat> and there, there's a running gag throughout the story how they go through all these narrators because. Uh, she lays them all to waste. You can have different villains narrating it too, like just off, off the cuff villains like Baby Doll or uh, the Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at these comic panels, I could almost see you could do a crossover of I Hate Fairyland and the Harley Quinn animated series. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that could be a lot of fun. Having those characters interact with one another because you've got, <laughs> in my opinion, the best interpretation of Poison Ivy we've ever gotten. You've got Harley Quinn, you've got Joker, you've got so many different characters that can already be involved in this storyline. And that iterate that iteration of King Shark played by Ron Funches. Yes. I hates- love their version of King Shark. He hates blood. Yeah. And when he sees uh, Gertrude's, like, yeah. annihilation of everything, that'd be great. That's very offensive. <laughs> you have Dr. Psycho in there. Yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And their version of Bane. I love the DC, the Harley Quinn animated series Bane. <laughs> That's a Melissa, you came out hot. You did good. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> Tempted to check that series out now. You absolutely should. It is just a lot of fun. Uh, there is, I can't remember which book it is. I want to say it's uh, book three where she gets trapped in a labyrinth. And there's yeah. a ton, there's a ton of David Bowie junk jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it's a great read. And I, I think we need to have you two read that and then come on and talk about it, like your guys' experiences with it, because it's it's great. I I had to lean on Melissa for a while to read it, and she loved it. Mm. it it's definitely like off the beaten path, for sure. It's kind of like reading. Have you guys ever read Tank? Any Tank Girl? No, but I'm very aware of the concept and the book yeah. and it the movie. Just, yeah, like random misadventures that 
no nonsense misadventures. It's really all it is. It's, this one's got an overlining story, but it's just so much chaos wrapped up into a small story. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a great pick. Great pick. Thank you. That's excellent. Well, Jared. <laughs> You're saying oh, it falls to you. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I really I really I, I was so confident in my <laughs> pick. And then we come out with then we come out with Killer Consponder's face. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and then the crow. <laughs> no, I hit Fairyland. Oh. Okay, here goes nothing. I pictured mine as a comic book crossover, and I actually picked two shows that were actually competition with each other. I went with Batman 66 meets the Munsters. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I was originally thinking the Adams family because you had essentially John Austin as season two's Riddler and Carolyn Jones as Marsha Queen of Diamonds right there. Yeah. But I just love the monsters so damn much. It's my favorite classic television show of all time. And I thought it's just perfect for a crossover because they did. I've been, I've, I've just started a binge watch of all Batman 66 and it feels like, Sure, why not? Why couldn't the monsters appear in Gotham City? You know, I'm not talking your casual out of the window cameo that they had while Batman Robert clamping wall. I'm I'm having them involved in the story. And uh, the villain, I had him face off against two villains that were made specifically for the show, and that would be uh, Roddy McDowell's bookworm and. Uh, Dr. Cassandra Spellcraft, played by uh, Ida Lupino on the show. And the reason I went with Bookworm is because all of his crimes were based off of books and all the other stuff. So I, and then uh, Dr. Cassandra Spellcraft is an alchemist and an occultist who comes with all this kind of witchcraft and stuff to pull off her crimes with her hipster husband, Kabbalah. I just watched an episode today with uh, Dr. Cassandra Spellcraft, and that is the trippiest Batman 60s episode I've ever seen in my life, man. It is <laughs> very 60s. That's saying something. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was trying to figure out what main plot I wanted to go with, because if you guys are familiar with the monsters, as I am, like a lot of the plots around those revolve around like a, a case of mistaken identity with Herman or just random mishaps that happen to Herman just because the way he looks or the mishaps he gets himself into simple misunderstanding stuff. Um, but I either have the plot centralized around our two villains trying to get their hands on grandpa's book of spells. And, uh, or having the bookworm, set up all these clues around Gotham and having to make references to Dracula and Frankenstein, the books respectively, then the monsters just happen to be there. And it becomes a case of mistaken identity 
To which, at one point by the end of the episode, Herman's name has to be cleared. Or the monster's name has to be cleared at, by the end of it. Um, yeah, but I think I'm leaning more on them trying to get their hands on Grandpa's book of spells. Because you look at uh, past episodes of the monsters, he has it's a love potion that goes wrong. He tries to give Eddie uh, a potion that makes him grow six inches overnight, but he ends up growing a beard instead. Um, Grandpa has pills that could turn himself into a bat or into a wolf at will. So I, I just had it in my mind that Cassandra Spellcraft is trying to find stronger spells for herself. So she needs she enlists the help of the bookworm and his brilliant mind to uh, get her hand on Grandpa's Book of Spells. And with 90% of this cast of both shows, both deceased, I think it can only work best as a comic book, unfortunately. Yeah, very true. Which I've only read a little bit of the Batman 66 comics. I read the... Green Hornet crossover that Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman wrote. I've read uh, Wonder Woman 77 crossover. Uh, the one to do with Two-Face, drawn as Cary Grant. Uh, that was my pitch. That is definitely one I never would have thought of that in a million years. Yeah, that's interesting. I loved Roddy McDowell's bookworm. Like a lot of these guys that played those guest villains took it like uh, they knew what they were doing with it. But, but I think Roddy McDowell, if you've seen the two episodes with the bookworm in it, it is great. Like he plays that so well. Like he knew what he was doing. He played it excellently. And like another Batman tie in, he was the voice of the Mad Hatter in Batman the Animated Series. Mm. Mm hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, he also did the voiceover for the Batman 89 audiobook. So, yeah. I went, I came up with Batman 66 meets the Munsters. Uh, I don't really think they're considered competition because Munsters was wrapping up as Batman 66 was coming on air. Mm-hmm. But I think Al Lewis blamed Batman on uh, the demise of the monsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting one. Very of the time, too. Batman 66 is a fun show. Uh, it's it's getting his love now. And I think I, I ironically thought of this. What, what a, a day past the five-year anniversary of uh, Adam West passing on the day of recording here. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that came yeah. up in my memories yesterday. Yeah. Thanks for bringing the room down, Jared. No, I, I do that. I do that. <laughs> the question is, do they have a, uh, a dance-off at some point so you can see Adam West do his bat dance? I was thinking about that, but I was trying to think what random appliances Batman have just because, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and I have, the only thought that came to my head is Grandpa gets him stuck, self-stuck as a bat, and sure, why not 
Bruce has a anti-bat reversing spell spray because, of course, Batman would have that on his belt. I mean, he's he's got shark repellent, so, I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, when I watched the Dr. Cassandra Spellcraft uh, episode, she has this gun that turns uh, Batman, Robin, and Batgirl into two-dimensional. They're, like, cardboard cutouts. So she goes to use the gun on them again, and, of course, Batman has... He puts something in his belt that repels it. Mm, of course. Because, because, because of course. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so I think the only thing I can think of is, well, why would what would what would of course Batman have in this situation? Well, Grandpa stuck as a bat. Well, of course Batman has something that could fix it, because why not? Interesting. I really like that idea. I think that's a fun one. Very interesting. All four of us are very interesting, different styles, settings, characters. Like it's very interesting how those those all came about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, kind of tackled all four different corners of Batman pretty well. I think. Great job, great job, everyone. You guys killed it. <laughs> You did too, Gary. You're part of that too. (laughs) (laughs) I was excited all day to hear what everybody had to pick, and I was not disappointed in the least. Like you guys (laughs) knocked out of the park. Yeah, I was wondering all day, like what everybody would have picked, and I I loved, like, kind of Philip pointed out that, you know, just how you know everyone's was so different, and um, you know, I I like that. I like that our we all kind of went our own sort of roots with with batman and and crossing over with something and so yeah this is i i liked all our our choices they're a lot of fun and i i'm gonna throw money at all of them because they need to be things (laughs) well i think it just further shows you know how impactful batman is throughout all these years look at all these different styles all these different interpretations of the character and how long this character has lasted and is still relevant to this day. So we're looking back, what, 83 years? Created in 1939. Yeah, I think 83 is the right number. Yeah. 83 years and not one crossover here on our episode, so nobody uh, double-dipped the duration of Batman, so... I think he I mean, it must make Batman the ultimate superhero because he can dip into any universe and feel like he's right at home. Yeah. Yeah, he's the most malleable superhero ever created, I, I, I would say. Yeah. yeah, like. Hey, I don't know. You can. You, uh, the only superhero I could think to throw in, which I hate Farrell, and probably be the Punisher because he'd be helping uh, Gertrude lay waste to everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I could definitely see Harley Quinn in there. Yeah. She'd be in heaven. 
I'd even see Margot Robbie's Harley in that universe, too. <laughs> well, now that I think about it, you could even tie it into the Harley Quinn animated series because you've got the Queen of Fables. Yep. With her with her yeah. uh, spellbook. She sucks Harley Quinn into the fairy tale land and turns out Gertrude's in there as well. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That that would be that would be fun. <laughs> I wanna know, I was listening to you guys the whole time. I'm still thinking about Killer Clowns Founder Space Meets Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that as, one as that long, one was really good. As long as Shorty is still in it, because he is still the best clown. Mm. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Knock my block off? Bam! <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite moment of that movie. <laughs> God, that's great. That is great. This is a Great episode. I, I Guys, thank you so much for coming on. This was epic. I know we talked about on your show about doing this epic crossover, and I I don't think we disappointed one bit. Nope. Cosign. Yeah, no, thank you so much for inviting us. This is fun. Of course. Like, you know, most of our pitching ideas, like what we do for our third year anniversary, like Philip and, yeah, I talked to Philip and Craig about doing an epic crossover on their show. How about we do our epic crossover here? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, when when Jared had pitched this idea and and to have you both on, um, I was absolutely excited. I was like, yes, we need to do this. So um, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. I still I still can't get my the idea of the Elfman Batman theme with the Killer Clowns theme song mixed together in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the Dickies working with Danny Elfman would be great. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Them collaborating with Elfman on the theme. Well, a friend of mine has uh, a Killer Clowns from Outer Space fans page on Facebook, and I believe the drummer of the Dickies is a, is a, a, likes the page too, and he interacts quite a bit. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta throw this at them right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> well, since I'm never gonna get that Misfits cover of the Killer Clowns <laughs> Space theme song, might as well lean on them. Yeah. I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. I'd be thinking about that all night now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think as far as first impressions go, Craig really knocked it out of the park. I try. Philip, you never disappoint every time you come on. You always Thank knock you. out of the park, too. I, uh, nothing special. Well, I was trying to think of the last time we had John. Was it the Justice League episode? Oh, I want to say yes, but I think it might have, it might have been the Batman Noel episode was the last time I was on. It might have been Justice League. I honestly don't. You know what? Yeah, it was Justice League, I think. Yeah, because Batman Noel was your first time on. Then we had you jump in for the no. Then it was the Justice League. Then we had you drop it. No, we had you drop in for the commentary on uh, Birds of Prey. That's right. Mm. That was a great surprise. 
fun times fun mm -hmm. times well, i hope you guys definitely come back again like melissa and i have built this large family of uh podcasting family we call it over the last three years and we definitely consider both of you a huge part of that yeah i appreciate that thank you we do greatly and likewise you know you came on for an episode with us not too long ago if i'm not mistaken yeah. uh was what fandom i think so it might have been yeah. that yeah i think so i think it was fandom I'm always willing to answer the call when you put the Slade signal in the air. Right. Yeah. Oh, it was the so, Batman vs. Superman retrospective. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. You might have had me on for fandom for superhero stress then. Maybe. Yeah. Just maybe. Matter of fact, I need to get working on another episode considering the amount of stuff that's been announced this week, this past week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and there was a little trailer that came out the other day. If you if you smell what the Adam is cooking. <laughs> right. Right. That's exactly right. Well, Melissa, here's the three years of uh, Nerdy Podcast. And I'd say if we had to have a last episode, I think this would be a great one to go out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hope that it's uh, not the last episode. <laughs> We're going to do some serious thinking to top it now. Mm -hmm. I think the next episode is going to be taking place in the galaxy far, far away. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to think back on how three years have gone by so quickly already. And all the family we've made doing this stuff we're lucky enough to have two of them with us tonight and i hope we all continue to work together again soon crazy how um you know how quickly you know time flies and it's you know i couldn't believe it when we you know each each year that we we celebrate as a podcast and it it's still just you know blows my mind that you know we're still going and still having a lot of fun with this. And, you know, I, I keep saying it was, you know, the, the best decision I ever made was agreeing to do a podcast. And it has been, I, I never thought I would be doing this. You know, I've, you know, as a listener of all kinds of podcasts and, you know, enjoy them all. And, you know, never thought one day that I would, you know, have my own and, you know, <laughs> it just was never something that, that I thought I would be doing. And, yeah, it's the best decision I ever made. And, and it's been a heck of a lot of fun um, meeting so many awesome people and, you know, making the meeting that, you know, creating this whole podcast family and, you know, talking about all kinds of fun, nerdy stuff. And, yeah, and it's yeah, and and I mean it makes it fun when you have a really awesome um, podcast partner. So and wouldn't trade you for the world. <laughs> oh, aren't you sweet? <laughs> Your Canadian is showing again. 
That's what I'm well, talking I, about. <laughs> I think Philip was the first one to call me out one time when I was on his show and I said something. I think I, what did I say, like, sorry or something like that? And I said something weird and I remember Philip calling me out on it. Dude, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I do. I have a weird memory like that. I've been hanging around Melissa too much, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, there was, I remember, there was, I can't remember which which it was, but yeah, got called out and it was funny. <laughs> well, regardless, it's it's always fun podcasting with both of you. You, go, you guys are very fun people to talk to and you guys have your own personal perspectives on things and I appreciate both of you greatly, especially, you know, both of you guys came in pretty clutch when it came to do the uh the episodic review for Zack snyder's justice league so i'll always be grateful for that of course of course anything for you my friend yeah. that, that was a lot of fun that was a really fun chat with you it was i think that was probably the one of the highlights of doing that show and doing that movie right around the time it came out because <laughs> That movie really unified a lot of people, and um, it's really unfortunate now to see so much. Uh, <laughs> what's the right word I want to hear? See, uh, let's see. Um, divergence, I guess, would be the best way to say it amongst fandoms these days, because everyone just has to bitch and whine about what's going on, and like Kenobi or Miss Marvel or Moon Knight, any anything really. You just there, there's just this level of whiny bitterness that I'm seeing and I'm just like, my God, you people can't enjoy anything anymore. It's it's kinda it's it's sad moment. And I mean like that's you know why we you know why we do this podcast because it's you know bringing nerdy people together. It's not about division. It's not about you know judgment or anything. It's totally inclusive. You know, um, we just love talking about nerdy stuff and stuff that you're interested in. And, you know, we love hearing about this stuff. And and that's, you know, the goal of of our, you know, I think we've created our little, it, it's a podcast family, but it's also like a little fandom, you know, mm-hmm. where we're all fans of stuff and we all get along and get excited about this stuff. And it's, you know, what other fandoms should take notes on. <laughs> <laughs> you know but well and i think uh, fandoms in general i think the main problem i especially over i would say these last 10 years or so is that everything either has to be the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever mm-hmm. there cannot be any in between anymore you know you either absolutely love obi-wan or you absolutely despise obi-wan you know, me personally, I didn't really care for the first two episodes. I didn't really like this, where it was going, but it won me back on episode three, and I'm enjoying it so far. Again, it's okay to, like, not really be into something, but continue to watch it and see where it goes. It, you don't have to automatically assume that it's the absolute worst thing ever right off the bat. Yeah, I, I said something to Melissa off air. I went and saw Jurassic World, the Dominion last night as of this recording. 
and like the reviews for that have been really divisive and i just like i dug it i'm curious i i'm hesitant about it but i'm curious i i had one groaning moment in it and it 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 was nothing really plot based. It was just a line of dialogue. Uh, but I I dug it. I had the same review of like Secrets of Dumbledore too. Like I dug it. Like I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I dug it. Mm-hmm. I think so few are willing to take that stand. They either love it, like you guys all said, you either love it or you hate it. The zone between. Like okay, I didn't love it, but I dug it. It was good. I yeah. can see people either way. You know. <laughs> Craig, thank you so much for coming on our show for the first time. We hope to have you back. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for the invite. Philip, the door is always open, my friend. Mucho apreciado, my friend. Yep. (laughs) I don't I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) That's not that's not even real Spanish. It's broken Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Craig, if listeners like to keep up with you, if they choose, where can they keep up with you at? Uh, yeah, you can follow me. Let's see on Twitter, um, Instagram, and recently in about the last month or so, I joined TikTok. So you can find me on all three of those at Craigy Omega, C R A I G G Y O M E G A. And Philip. Well, if y'all want to follow me, uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter, Vero, Instagram, and TikTok as well, just at Unfiltered. And thank you again, Jared and Melissa. It's always a blast having being guests for the and not having to hit the record button this time. I'll tell you that. So thank you. Of course. And uh, where can they find your shows if they choose to? Um, you guys can find the Eternal Night on Podbean or pretty much anywhere else. You guys can get your podcast fix. So um, that's. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, really, it, it feeds to most places. I've kind of toyed with the idea of putting it on YouTube, but I'm going to have to double-check with my co-host on that. I don't, I'm not really sure about it yet, but we'll see. Awesome. And that show comes 110% recommended. Thank you. Thank you. I really, and if I were ever start a TikTok, you guys, are, you guys would be the two that kickstart me to want me to even go on TikTok. <laughs> You know, like, I never, I never said that I would do a TikTok, and then My Chemical Romance decided to come out with their first song in a long time, and I was just like, I have to have some kind of reaction to this, and <laughs> off I went. He's a better TikToker than I am, that's for damn sure. <laughs> so I did this sketch show back in April, and I have a puppet named Murmur, who's a huge fan of Batman. Particularly, <laughs> particularly Adam West Batman, and uh, I played Burt Ward Robin to his Batman in a sketch in the show, and, and I also had him say "I'm vengeance" a lot, and he's supposed to be the sweetest puppet in the world. So I was kicking the idea around of him doing a TikTok, it just as his little puppet, and the sketch got a lot of notoriety because I had him do an impression of Christian Bale's Batman. It's just him growling. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I take I kicked the idea around of him having a TikTok where it's just called Murmur is Vengeance, but I think I might do that as an Instagram. But I I that's the only time I've thought about toying with TikTok was for a puppet's sake. 
You could definitely get a lot of followers. I've seen several puppets that have their own TikToks. I I will definitely think about it. But, uh, yeah. But I if I, if somebody would pull me in to TikTok, it would definitely be you guys. Well, thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, Melissa, where can listeners keep up with you if they choose to? Well, they can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, my Twitter and Instagram is the same handle at Miss Melissa N25. It's all lowercase, nothing fancy, pretty easy to find. Um, I also have an art page on Instagram called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. So if you like any quirky art things, whatever, it's all there and you can follow me on that. And where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. Uh, I don't have a very exciting life on social media. It's mostly just pictures of my cats and my beard because that's I think that's all the internet's for anymore. <laughs> um, I'm I do I am working on a second podcast. Uh, my buddy and I are hoping to launch that later this summer, maybe this fall. Um, and that's about it. Maybe keep an eye out for Murmur's Vengeance. That may be a thing. Um, yeah, that's where you can keep up with me. Uh, as a podcast as a whole, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerd Nations Podcast. And don't forget to send us an email at nerdnationspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, uh, you can find us in our home at Podbean. You can also find us on um, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And on any one of those platforms, uh, it's more than appreciated to if you could um, leave a rating or review because it helps us be a little bit more noticed within the podcast community and um, allow maybe some more uh, listeners. And uh, we're going to close the show like we always do. I think we've only been doing this outro for the last year or so. <laughs> um uh, we always we started this show three years ago by saying by quoting Gilbert Lowe by saying we're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. But uh, we switched something more positive. Um, the world is a scary place, and unfortunately, Batman is not real to keep us safe. But uh, the best way we can get through all the dark times is to be excellent to each other. And nerd on, dudes. And Tim Burton and the Dakota Bros. I hope you're listening to this episode. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.